Welcome to Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. In this program, we want to encourage you in your Christian faith by showing how scientific evidence supports the Bible, particularly the Genesis account. The book of Genesis lays the foundation for all matters addressed in the rest of the Bible. The nature of God, His sovereignty in creation, man's purpose, sin, marriage, family, and why we need a Savior are all introduced and explained in Genesis. When we see that the first and most foundational book of the Bible can be trusted in all matters, including science, it builds confidence in the rest of the inspired Word all the way to Revelation. On today's show, we'll get some insights from Brian Thomas, science writer with the Institute for Creation Research. Here's Brian Thomas. Just last month, I visited the Museum of the Rockies in Bozeman, Montana, and I went through all the displays and the exhibits, and there's one with this big, bold sign that said, Birds are living dinosaurs. And it just makes me, you know, cringe, because despite the fact that we have these bold proclamations in museums and on news accounts and even maybe in textbooks, the secular scientists who investigate these issues are divided on the matter. So evolutionary scientists assert that dinosaurs evolved into birds, but there are other evolutionary scientists who say that those dinosaurs did not evolve into birds, but they'll say birds evolved from something else, something not dinosaur. So what's the truth? Where did birds come from? Did birds evolve from dinosaurs? Could birds have evolved from dinosaurs? This question is pretty straightforward to answer. And we've got three reasons why birds actually did not evolve from dinosaurs. They didn't evolve from any reptile. And the first reason has to do with their anatomy. Their anatomy. So when you look at dinosaur fossils, you can notice and and observe and study their bones, the way their bones are put together, the way their skeletons are laid out. And of course, we can do the same with modern birds. And many of these birds have a unique bone structure. And of course, their bone structure relates to their function, their mode of transportation. They fly. Dinosaurs did not fly. Birds do fly. And so that's going to mean you've got vast differences in their bone structures. So for example, in birds that fly, like a pigeon or a sparrow, they have thigh bones, but then they have a really long tibia or shin bone. And so you can imagine these birds, when they are on land, when they do land and they walk or run, birds move or they walk and run using a different motion. Something's unique about the way birds do this. And it comes from the fact that they bend at the knees, not at the hips. They bend at the knees, not at the hips. So when a bird runs, is moving his legs back and forth, it's bending at the knees. And its hips are not moving. So where the, the top of the thigh bone joins the hip, that doesn't move very much at all in a bird. But in dinosaurs, like in people, we swing our legs at the hip joint, the knee joint also, but mainly at the hip joint. Now, this serves a special function in flying birds like pigeons, sparrows. This thigh bone actually anchors from the hip up to the rib cage, and it provides a strengthening of the rib cage to keep those ribs open. And what it does is when it's flying or standing or walking or running, it needs to have 
this rib cage open so that air can flow through its unique flow-through lungs, which, by the way, dinosaurs did not have either. So we have one good main reason why there's no way dinosaurs or any of the reptiles could have evolved into birds, and that's the anatomy. The anatomies were so different, so uniquely different, that if you were to evolve or slowly, bit by bit, transform the anatomy of a dinosaur into that of a bird, you would definitely end up with some kind of mutant, some kind of malformed, dysfunctional intermediate form. By the way, none of those intermediates exist. There's no almost bird, sort of reptile, sort of bird, in the fossils or living today. Either we find birds or dinosaurs in the fossils. And we find living birds today. Why is that? Well, because if you try to transform, for example, the lungs of a reptile, which are the billows-type lungs, same as mammals, where the air goes in one pipe, inflates the lungs, and then the air passes back out that same pipe. But in birds, it's completely different. The air goes in one pipe, and it flows into sacs, which manage the air within the body, By the way, the sacs serve a dual function in birds. They also keep its body shape streamlined so it can flow through the air properly as it flies. From the sacs, the air passes through the lung in one direction, goes in the lung one end and goes out the lung at another end. And then it flows out of its body when it exhales. Finally, we have the last anatomical consideration that demonstrates for us that birds did not evolve from dinosaurs, and that is the overall weight distribution. Dinosaur weight is centered over their hips. Bird weight is centered over the wings. Hundreds of different adjustments would have to be made to transfer weight from the back to the front. But what we see is the weight already transferred into the front in birds and already transferred into the back in dinosaurs as though they were both created. We're going to take a short break Stay with us. The design of the human body inspires awe and fascination, and for good reason. It's made up of so many different parts and systems, all working together for a greater purpose. Check out our book, Guide to the Human Body, to discover astonishing facts about the construction of the cell, the mechanics of hands and feet, and the incredible abilities of the brain. Published by the Institute for Creation Research, Guide to the Human Body will answer questions you didn't even know you had. How do our eyes give us sight? How does a baby take its first breath? What happens to the human body in outer space? Guide to the Human Body's full-color images and easy-to-read format shows our amazing design points to the ultimate designer, God. Order your copy from the Institute for Creation Research by calling 800-628-7640 or visiting icr.org. That's 800-628-7640 or visiting icr.org. Welcome back to Science, Scripture, and Salvation. Here's Brian Thomas. We're considering the question of did dinosaurs really evolve into birds? The first reason why we can say definitely that did not happen is because of extreme anatomical differences. Anatomy, bird anatomy is unique. But then we come to the question, why do some evolutionists assert, I mean, what evidence do they have that, uh, what are they looking at that leads them to even suggest that dinosaurs evolved into birds? 
And that evidence seems to be feathers. So they seem to have found evidence of fossil feathers. Now, this gets complicated because it's sometimes difficult to discern what the creature kind was when we uncover a fossil. Sometimes they uncover a bird fossil that does not have feathers preserved, but they call it a dinosaur. And so that's confusing. And it takes real expert in anatomy to figure out, okay, based on just the bones, uh, because there's no feathers preserved, is this, was this a dinosaur or was this a bird? Sometimes it was actually a dinosaur, but they call it a bird. And sometimes it's the other way around. It's actually a bird, but they're calling it a dinosaur. And so the names given to these creatures can be confusing. Because of this confusion, there's no solid evidence. In other words, there's no evidence that has to be interpreted that we have dinosaurs with feathers. All the creatures that have feathers in the fossils so far that we've seen could have been birds, extinct kinds of birds, but birds nonetheless. So feathers seem to be the first evidence that evolutionists use to suggest that dinosaurs evolved into birds, but that evidence has sort of been massaged by a belief or an expectation that some kind of reptile must have evolved into birds after all, according to evolutionists, how else will we have birds anyways? <laughs> but that's because they're ignoring creation. God could have created birds, and he did create birds. And when we see birds alive, or when we see birds in the fossils, sometimes those fossils preserve the feathers. When we do, we have a definite diagnostic feature of birds. We could say that's a bird in the fossils. But there's other fossils of what ordinarily look like dinosaurs, including the dinosaur Dakota raptor and Velociraptor. And they have not feathers, but features on their bones that some evolutionary paleontologists have asserted are quill knobs. Now, quill knobs occur in modern birds. And what they do is they're little divots or anchor points in the bird's bones for some of the major, larger feathers. So the feather pins to the bone at this quill knob and so when we see divots in a large or medium or even small, what would ordinarily be a dinosaur, some of these guys say, well, that's where feathers were pinned to these little quill knobs. But see, the diagnosis of quill knob begs the question, because how do you know that those are quill knobs? Are there other reasons why you can have little divots? Well, there are other reasons. Sometimes those divots form as anchor points for tendons, for muscle attachment, not necessarily for feathers. And in real birds, where we can just do a dissection of a live bird, you can trace where that large feather pins to the quill knob on the bone. And those quill knobs in real birds are very regularly spaced, and they have characteristic sizes for those divots or those quill knobs. But in the fossils, the sizes are somewhat different, and the spacing is different, whereas in real birds, the spacing is even. And so these differences in divots <laughs> suggest that they weren't quill knobs after all, which means that they were dinosaurs without feathers, because the feathers are not preserved in these fossils. It's just little quill knobs or divots in the bones. So it's open to interpretation. For example, Velociraptor has supposed quill knobs but other samples of the same anatomy, the same Velociraptor-type dinosaur in other places, have no quill knobs at all, just smooth bone. So 
it's possible that some individuals have anchor points that are more pronounced and other individuals of the same kind have anchor points less pronounced. Overall, what we see in the fossils are either birds with feathers, sometimes birds without feathers, or we see dinosaurs. But we don't see dinosaurs with feathers. We see dinosaurs with divots, but they may have been quill knobs, they may have been muscle attachment points. But it looks to us like there's no reason to reject the idea that God made birds separately from dinosaurs from the beginning. Thank you for joining us on Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. That's all the time we have for our program today, but we would love to connect with you through our website at icr.org. For over 45 years, ICR has equipped believers with evidence of the Bible's accuracy and authority by showing how science supports the Genesis creation account. Our scientists research the evidence for creation and communicate their findings through books, articles, DVD series, and conferences. Please visit our website at icr.org for more information about the latest scientific discoveries, to subscribe to our free magazine and devotional, and to locate our next creation conference at a venue near you. All of this and more at icr.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast, subscribe to Science, Scripture, and Salvation on iTunes. Also, do us a favor and rate and review the show so that more listeners can find us. Thanks for listening, and God bless.